Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I have a secret, Avern. What? We have a special guest today. Yay! Oh my gosh. It's a 2023 surprise. Cue applause. That's right. Guys, we've been gone. We're back. We're back and ready to get down to Bia's Natch. <laughs> All right. So shall we introduce our special guest so he can, he can get on and start talking? Of course. Yeah. Or should we do the, the annoying thing that Smartlist does where they just like talk to each other and jerk each other off for 45 minutes before they introduce their guest? I do love that. I love how they just <laughs> talk about the most ridiculous things like how Sean likes tuna fish sandwiches while Steven Spielberg is literally like, exactly. Hey, are we going to start this or <laughs> seriously? I can't. I can't even. I can't. But right now I'm looking at him. My guest, our special mm-hmm. guest. Um, and I'm just going to say it right now. Here, lo and behold, in my home in California, Los Angeles, I have a special guest. Steven Spielberg. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe it? Can you believe I got him? I can't believe you got Steven Spielberg to come on the podcast. We're here to talk about the Fablemans. No, I'm kidding. Mike Jensen, everyone. Yay! Hi, Hello, Mike. I'm here. I'm, I feel like there's so many moving parts that I'm mostly just going to respond to questions. Oh, I think it's going to work. It's, oh, yeah. You know what? I want it to be messy and wonderful. And <laughs> okay, if it doesn't, perfect. you know, it'll be. Perfect. But, you know, it's 2023. New year, new us. And I do have mm-hmm. thoughts on the Fablemans. I'm so. very, I can't wait to hear it. So oh, let's good. just. <laughs> so Mike Jensen, if you don't know, is a magnificent creative talent. He, uh, well, I have known him since 95 or six, really, really seven. But um, <laughs> good friend, longtime friend. Mike Jensen is the host of uh, Mike and Vanya Can't Not. Mike Jensen was the host of the beloved podcast Theater People with Patrick Hines and is now a producer and host of Mike and Vanya Can't Not. And we couldn't help but wonder a journey into Sex in the City with co-host Elise Castle, who was amazing, but we could only get Mike Jensen this time. But Elise, someday we'd love to have you on. Mike is also a talented songwriter, a talented screenwriter, and he has produced on his own, what, like four albums? I'm currently working on, I'm finishing up my six. Oh, geez, you guys. Wow. He's amazing. I know. That's amazing. Avrin knows Mike Jensen from New York City. I sure do. He is my, um, in, in addition to all of those incredible mm! I gonna say. Uh, features of his bio, he is in also my birthday twin. We are birthday That's right. twins. It's very well, weird. Evans, Evans is a little <laughs> younger than I am. But I will say it is bizarre Hardly. that two two of my closest friends in the on this earth have the same birthday. It's yeah, kind of so wild. Funny. Yeah. I must have a type. <laughs> <laughs> 
So this season, Avrin and I thought it would be fun to do something maybe a little bit extra, a little bit different. Adding, we're adding some some sprinkles onto our podcast that we already have, and we're going to occasionally have some hosts on, yeah. or you know, some co-hosts, some special guests. Really, is what we're calling it. So this week we've got Mike from the amazing Sex in the City podcast. Um, we're going to go around and do our normal like what. So every week we talk about what's our yes, rom oh of gosh, the week, what's sure our crime of the. It's okay. We can go around. So like. I'll let Avrin, if you're ready for one. I can totally start. I'm so happy to have you here, Mike. It's so wonderful to hear your voice and to see your Yay! face. And I'm so jealous that I couldn't be there in person as well to record this episode. I know. But that is because of my ROM, which is uh, Familia. Yay! I, uh, I know if you all listened to the last episode, you heard about how excited I was to go travel and see all my family and meet my new nephew and... You know, COVID happened. So my entire holiday plans were scrapped. Uh, and it was pretty heartbreaking. I promise this is my ROM, but it was pretty devastating. I had, you yeah. know, built up a lot of expectations and excitement and just desire to be with family in person after so long. And uh, I got sick with COVID along with my husband and we had to cancel. But in a beautiful, loving uh, twist of fate, uh, my, my, my mother-in-law, Kathy, my brother-in-law, Evan, and his wife, Maddie, and their beautiful Yay. little girl, they booked tickets and came out to California, and now we're all together at an Airbnb in the one of my favorite places on earth, Vanya knows this, Topanga Canyon. Yes. Which is beautiful. It's like like the canyon. You know, it's like Malibu is where the ocean is, and then you go up into the beautiful mountains, and you're in Topanga Canyon. And so my ROM is just family, and I've had the most wonderful, amazing... I think it's been like four or five days at this point. We have a couple more to go. It's just, it really like filled, mm. it filled that little hole in my heart that was left when I had to cancel my Christmas trip. And then my crime of the week is my yes. inability to understand technology. Because while I'm on vacation with my family, I had to spend two hours today handwriting out the notes that I had. Like I'd created like a document for the crime part of the of the episode uh -huh. and couldn't for the life of me figure out how to make this printer work that I've used a million times. It made me like 20 minutes late to like picking up my father-in-law and all this stuff and I was cursing at it. And so I had to take a couple hours to write it all out, but it worked out because I have it all written down and I'm good well, to that's go. Good. But my crime is my inability to uh, troubleshoot technological issues. Issues. I mean, I, I don't blame you. I think that you always blame the printer because a printer is a crime. Like, yeah. I've never had a printer that works except for the one that I bought because I'm an idiot and I spent so much money and I bought a laser printer when I thought I was, when I started oh. my last business that failed. <laughs> but anyways, I have a laser print. It, ha it happened right before COVID. So I started, you know, I started that business that yeah, was like yeah. children's theater, film, or doing classes. And I bought this printer because I was going to need a lot of printouts. And it does work, but well, that's good. good never before so in my life. Laser printers is where it's at if you need to rely yeah. on a printer. Okay, so I'm going to, I'll start. So my ROM is um, Mike Jensen and I, we went to go see Avatar in IMAX 3D this week. Ooh. And it was so good. It was, I had such a blast. Um, it was incredible. And I, I do get a little motion thickness, as Mike knows. But I was okay most of the time. There was a couple times where they're like fighting and there's underwater and it's a lot of movement. So I had to kind of just like look down. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, it, it, I really loved it. I mean, I know maybe there are mixed, I don't even know if there's mixed reviews. I know I talked to a friend who it wasn't their favorite, but I felt I was moved. I was like, 
it, it's like the everything is the special effects are crazy this is mike's this was your second time watching right correct yes and you'd seen it in 3d but not i had seen it yes i and i thought oh who cares and then when i was watching it at the theater not on imax i was like this screen is tiny (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) i really wanted to see it again in imax it was it was a little overwhelming because we were kind of close it's true we were right dead center in the middle i think you couldn't not see the screen yeah like the screen was your entire field of vision exactly that's why i had to look down (laughs) i did feel nauseous a couple times which leads me into my crime It is a crime against humanity. I know what it is. It was okay, so it was a packed theater, and it was like really. This is what happened. We as soon as we sat down, we were the first ones, and we bought our tickets day of. Okay, it was like we were maybe only two other people had book seats, you know, like so we had like assigned seats. Good for you. Yeah, it was it was great, but like as we got there, it was a packed house, so we're like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. So as we're sitting down, unbeknownst to me, Mike starts having pee paranoia or whatever. He's like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm not gonna be able to get out. But I was like, what the fuck is that smell? First of all, it was just like somebody in front of us smelled like an old hotel, like a smoking room. Oh, like stale cigarettes. Yeah, stale and- cigarettes. It was so gross. But then, to my left directly was a girl close to my daughter's age so i couldn't be a bitch to her but i really really wanted to eating are you ready for this oh no fish oh my god fish like fried fish yeah fried fish like it was disgusting not freshly fried no and the whole time she's also has a big thing of popcorn she ate the entire time and i'm waiting for her to finish the disgusting disgusting fish and i'm just like i'm praying i'm like please finish it finish it but i'm feeling like sick so yeah you're like i know this is a water movie but take the fish home lady <laughs> <laughs> it was so gross Avrin. i felt like i was on a plane That's just rude you should never eat anything that isn't served at the theater like don't ever bring in food to a movie theater just exactly like you shouldn't unfortunately i mean we've all brought snack foods but like don't bring like a tuna fish sandwich on an airplane or some reheated no. fish sticks on an airplane Think of a movie theater as an airplane. Man, I was pissed. But in the end, it was such a good it was such a good experience with like watching the film and the water was amazing. It looked like real water. Oh my god, you got to see this movie. I have to check it out. It's so funny. You know, I saw the original one in theaters and I definitely I know I enjoyed it. I don't have any really specific memories of exactly what about it I liked, but I do remember that I liked it. I have not had yeah. any like big yearning desire to see the second one but maybe i need to just go see it in an immersive i think you should do it yes i really recommend it and it's a fun it's like a spectacle it's something that you're never gonna see you know what i mean like if you waited to see it at home it wouldn't be the same right yeah it's not meant to be watched at home all right all right yeah so mike jensen do you happen to have a rom and or a crime no pressure. I got this. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. My rom is just being here. Yay. But I'm, you know, I've been wanting to come back to see you. For, I mean, I. it was almost a year ago since That's we've crazy. been in each other's presence, right? Well, other than Christmas. Yeah, we, we saw, saw each, each other, other quickly. Yeah. One, one I, yep. uh, but so just being here and being in California. I've been here for about a week now and it's mm-hmm. been a wonderful experience yeah just fun lots of spicy food oh my god we've eaten so much mexican food it's crazy i uh i love it the last time i ate this much mexican food i was with avrin in kansas city (laughs) yeah i'm not kidding it's true that makes sense there's a reason why we all get along i know (laughs) i will say when i first got here and i opened up your fridge like the top 
shelf is literally just hot sauce. It's my favorite thing. And I took a picture and sent it to like a a thread that I'm on (laughs) just being like, now you see why Vanya and I are friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, we have, we have like, I mean, it's, it's like there are 30 of them at this point. We should probably. (laughs) It's amazing. We weeded two of them out. I I bought this one that was, had sea kelp in it. And Adam was like, that's fucking disgusting, Vanya. He's like, that's taking it it too far. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then the, the truffle one's gross too for me. But like, otherwise all, I love the hot sauces too. And any crime in your life? Here's my here's the crime. Has turbulence gotten worse on planes or am I just more aware of my own mortality? This is a good question. <laughs> Cuz it feels like every flight I'm on is constant. It's interesting that you bring that up because I was just listening to this podcast about this um and of course now I'm going to forget her name, but this woman in the 70s who survived, she was the sole survivor of a Lanza flight uh, crash in the Amazon. And like she literally was like strapped to her seat that had come outside of the plane, 10,000 feet above the earth. So she's no longer in the body of the plane. It exploded around her, but she's still alive, strapped to her seat, which is like falling to earth. But because of like this, whatever turbulence, that's not the point. She was like the daughter of two scientists. So she had all the skills when she did survive the crash landing to survive 11 days in the Amazon freaking forest by herself with like nothing um but basically the way you should think about turbulence mike i was told this is that if you think about putting something so think about jello think about the air you're flying through in an airplane is like jello right and so if you like bounce if you touch the jello it's going to jiggle like say you put a paper clip inside it and so it's just like error it's just error and like pockets of air and it doesn't actually mean anything bad is happening or anything's wrong well, yes. with the plane but I don't know, like maybe with climate change in the world, that's why there's more weird air pockets and bubbles of jello in the sky. Yeah, the thing that I always tell myself is that uh, turbulence is never why a plane would yeah. have yeah. a bad day. <laughs> Just put it that way. Let's not, yeah, <laughs> let's yeah, not say yeah. too extreme. So I, I'm I'm not like a bad flyer, but I do just have, I have you know, those moments of like, whoa. Yeah, it's like when you're a kid, you're like, when it's turbulence, I always thought it was kind of fun. But I will say, when we flew back from Kansas City, yeah. it was quite turbulent. And I was like, yeah. oh, for God's sake. Because <laughs> you can't settle. It's like your heart's just kind no, of pounding you in your relax. throat. So even, no matter how many yeah. times you, if I tell you right now, just think of it like you're floating in jello. <laughs> it's not actually going to help exactly. you know, in the moment. I will think of the jello. I will think of you are safe in the jello. Okay, so this this episode, uh, our first episode of 2023 and our new season, um, we are going to do more of a topic um, because we're bringing on a expert, an expert in the field of sex in the city. And we're going to talk a little bit about the um, the series Sex in the City, which was is if you don't know. Um, is an American romantic comedy drama television series created by Darren Star for HBO. That's right. I read it off of Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it was an adapt- adaptation from a newspaper column. And then the series, it basically went from 1998 to 2004. I think that's right. And there are 94 episodes, six seasons. And then, of course, we have the new and just like that. Yeah. And in between three movies, two movies. There were supposed to be three. That's right. Instead, there were two. And now this new series, which took a lot of the elements of the third film and, and weave them in. Yes. Okay. I love that. Well, okay. So I was thinking we could talk a little bit about like, Avern, you've seen Sex in the City, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And um, did you watch it when it was coming out, like in I the late sure 90s? I did. I watched it when okay. it was... Uh, in it, when it was like, like happening in real time and then I watched it several times again after that in my uh, me too. my early days and live of moving to New York City and believing <laughs> somehow that that was going to be my experience um, but I I loved the show and even though looking back on it and re-watching it now I see all of the problems with it that people will point out I I loved the show and I still kind of I love it deep down in my heart and always will Oh my gosh, me too. And the, if you guys have not listened to Mike's podcast, we couldn't help but wonder. You can get anywhere on where you get your podcast. But the dynamic is his partner, Elise, has never had never seen an episode. So they went episode by episode. And that was like a couple years ago. So it's kind of fun to listen to them and to see her perspective because she is seeing it for first eyes in the twenty teens right like or no yeah no when did 2019 is when we, you our first episode came out just a little over five years ago we wow just five year anniversary oh happy anniversary it's so good thank yeah. you it was really fun it sort of started because i wanted to do something in podcast form but i didn't really know what i want to do and this girl Elise that I've been working with for a bit and we we had similar sense of humor like a, a sense of humor that meshed and I, I think that it just came up that she'd never seen an episode before. And I was like, hmm. That's perfect. So, you know, first of all, I don't love calling myself an expert. Because someone know. out there is going to ask me a question and I'll be like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I really love it. And I've seen it many times. And I also did watch it when it was originally on. I actually verified today that it's the first TV show that I watched the first episode the night it came out and then watched all the way to the end. Wow. It was sort of a toss up between that and Will and Grace, but Will and Grace came out in the September after this. Oh. So, um, yeah, I loved it. I watched it the whole way through. I lived in New York starting season three. I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah, I moved as spring of 2000, so that makes that makes sense. And it was, I remember like watching that first episode of season three and being like, this is happening right there. And, yeah. yeah, and I and season I get, three is actually my favorite season. It's a, it's a toss up between three and four for me. That's it's a hard it's a hard choice to make. I think it's very telling that season three is the season that won the Emmy Award for best comedy, and that ceremony took place just after season four was done airing because because of the way that the seasons oh, work. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that you had these two amazing seasons that almost felt like rolled into one for the Emmy Awards. Yes. I love it. I also, so I started watching it in college, really, I think. I think I was backlogged with, because um, I didn't have HBO, because it's expensive, guys, <laughs> um, back in the day, and I was just a poor college student. But I, my, my roommate at the time, Jess Thorson, who listens to our podcast. Hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. Her and I would just... She would take, here's the thing, I can cook, but she's a really good cook, so she would like, I'd come home, and as you both know that I get really, when I don't eat, I get like low, mm -hmm. I guess you would say. I get like, just, I can't focus, and I'm just like, um, <laughs> but so I would come home from my classes, and she'd have food ready, and we'd sit and eat, or eat, we eat Sex and City. Yeah. No, we'd, we'd sit and like, watch <laughs> it, and... It, I mean, I have such fond memories and I've seen the episodes multiple times, but I will say I still rewatch and this whole week with Mike here 
and actually isn't it cute adam likes it too yeah, I love my it. husband yeah oh, so we, he's like he we gave him a choice of what we could he, he's like we're like you pick and he's like oh sex and city oh, i was like oh i love you so I'm much a fan. <laughs> but i loved it too and i didn't not just only for the you know the, it was funny it was weird you know quirk there's quirky funny things and like i was you know interested in all of the characters and i remember being like charlotte sucks but <laughs> now i rewatch and i'm like she's a beautiful petal in the flower that is sex in the city and um what else uh oh, well, the fashion oh i love the bond. fashion yeah i was like yeah, the fashion. of course <laughs> that's what i'm even me I, I you know i wasn't as into fashion i think ever as as you obviously have been and wanting to you know create costumes and be a costume designer and all of that I immediately what drew it to me and I think that's why Mike I associate season three with my favorite because that's the season where she's got the giant flower pin mm-hmm. right and she when she meets Aiden yes yeah okay yeah. I was like did I just Correct. totally mess yeah, up everything season up? three but I remember like something about that specific look and just being like I want to go out into the world as like yeah. fabulously over the top as this woman does <laughs> every day I never have, I by know. the way, but I wanted to. I always like it when she has her curly hair and that yeah. season three. I feel like two, she kind of straightened it out and yep. then the, the comment was made of toward the end of the k- 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 curly. Mm-hmm. And so three, she did kind of go back to like the wild hair and yeah. That's, Another that's reason I love that because I have curly hair and I was always denying my curls, you know, and Mike has very curly hair. Well, oh my God. My hair right now. Do you see his hair, Avrin? Can you see that? He's growing it out and it is I mean, I saw that it looked longer. And when Mike and I first met, Mike had pretty long hair. Yeah. We had very similar hair, hair, actually. (laughs) Surprisingly thick. (laughs) Lot of curly hair. Uh, Yeah, I loved her hair. I loved her shoes. I I mean, it's the stupidest thing, but the reason, part of the reason I wore like funky, cool heel shoes throughout college was because of that show. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. I mean, when I was 23, I had just moved to New York. The year before when I was 22 and I spent my whole first year in New York working as a hostess in a restaurant in Rockefeller Center and saving up money so I could buy myself a pair of Manolo Blahniks, which I did and which I still wear. I actually wore them to the wedding that Bonnie and I went to in Kansas City in October. Are they comfy? No. (laughs) Do you have any, Mike? Well, all that I wanted to do, because we've already far into this conversation I feel like there's someone out there who's rolling their eyes or going like sex in this city I don't know and so I want to address the hate a little bit oh yeah because I do like there is that whole like sex in the city ruined New York for me or I and and even Avrin you kind of said like you thought you would live that fabulous life and but I do feel like if you go back and really watch it it shows more than just the glamorous side like it does show her hardships and and the weird new york isms that Mm -hmm. are kind of creepy and kind of bizarre and and aren't all that glamorous i think we remember the glamour like that's what we sort of focus on like even when and just like that first came back and people were kind of like well this feels dark or this feels this is not the sex in the city that i remember when you go back and watch it it was pretty dark like yeah Oh, for I sure. This is such a, a disgusting scene to bring up, but where they go to like the tantric sex lesson and like like going like, yep, sperms in Miranda's hair, like sperms in her hair. You know, <laughs> there was always the dark with the light. Like yeah. it was never just like everything is glossy. And one of the one of the devices, if you watch it again and look for, whenever there's a high moment, it's followed by a low moment right. almost immediately. Like they bring them down. Very Shakespearean. 
Which I think is really funny, though I will say, I do think about you moving to New York, Vanya, <laughs> and you being very disappointed in the actual fashion that you saw on the streets. Yeah, yeah, because you, <laughs> you, you could not dress, if you dressed kind of like anything too different, people talk to you on the street. And th that's the catcalling thing and all that. So I, right. I ended up, like, I started my career in New York with, like, all these funky, cool things. But I was like, I don't want strangers to yell at me. Like that so by the end of my time there i was like i had the suit i had the outfit the black yeah. and black and black you know the black on black on black yeah and then i also there's the carry conundrum because yeah. certainly when i first watched the series and you know like i'm a miranda i'm a whatever right. i was like <laughs> i'm the carry yeah and I think a lot of people feel that way because Carrie's the main character, right. which we'll yeah. get to more on that. And then I remember re-watching it later on and being like, oh, I'm not the Carrie. Carrie's kind of annoying. And then watching it again and being like, oh, I think I'm still the Carrie. And I'm annoying now. And I'm annoying. But yeah. here's the thing. It's <laughs> we because all we all want her to be perfect. I know. Because yep. she's the main character and she should make the correct choices because we all make the correct choices right. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Except for we don't. We all make dumb decisions. Yeah. We all make dumb choices. And I feel like that's what Carrie is. Yeah. She is the embodiment of just like... A person in New York who messes up and does dumb stuff and then tries to do better, yeah. but is ultimately kind of selfish. Because guess what, everyone? Yeah. We're all kind of selfish. Yeah. And yeah. the better of us do a good job, uh, you know, pushing that away, like keeping it from being the overwhelming aspect of our personality. But I don't know. I think that she gets a bad rap when she really is just a She's a character. Yeah, I'm aware yeah, of that. Yeah. But she's an embodiment of a New York kind of neurotic, kind of selfish person who does dumb stuff. So we recently watched the episode where, and, and first of all, I want to say Sarah Jessica Parker brought the life to it. That Holy is shit. Like, yeah. even if, if she was on the page, a selfish character, Sarah Jessica Parker brought lots of dimension to her yeah. and there's this the episode we watched with um where her and aiden are together and her mac it's like the sad mac where it gets mm -hmm. and her freaking out and i just feeling a little uncomfortable because i think i think i'm an asshole <laughs> yeah. and i think adam is adam's probably the only person who's really seen me like that but like i can be exactly like that yeah it's the good fight it's a good episode yes but it's, yeah it's totally yeah. true you see here and you're like why are you being so mean he's being trying to be nice to you oh and i but, do that yeah, to adam who on. by the way adam is aiden in a way yeah. <laughs> i mean not exactly but he looks a lot like you know Oh, totally. Now that you say that, I can see that for sure. But I think it's interesting, Mike, what, to listen to what you're saying, too, is when it first came out, everybody wanted to be the Carrie because Carrie is the central character. She is the star of the show and we're all the star of our own show. Then there's the backlash and like the, you know, rewatching later on about how she's this horrible friend. She's super selfish. And the, the joke is, is that she is all of us. We all wanted to be her. And then when we actually started to really look at her, it's like, shocker, she is all of you. You know, like she is this person mm -hmm. who is all of the bad, but also all of the wonderful, which is why, you know, we do end up, we, we want to be her because the truth was we are her. We all were all along, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, you know, if you've given it a try and you didn't like it, I don't know what to say. Okay, no one, nothing is liked by everybody. Uh, not even the new Avatar, apparently. <laughs> but, you know, if if you haven't watched it before, I, the, give it a try. And unfold your arms and give it a try. 
I love it. Yeah, it's a great series. I don't I know. It. It's it's joyful and it's fun. And it also, honestly, because we live there, it is so fun and nostalgic. I'm like, I know exactly what corner they're on. Oh, yeah. Um, once, this is, I've told this story on, I think, Mike's and, <laughs> Mike and I's podcast. But like, it was a freezing winter day in New York City. Pre-kids. I had no children, like, by years. And we were going to eat. We were hungry, right? We were yeah. heading to one of our favorite Mexican restaurants that is not there anymore. In like NYU area. Yeah, we were right next to NYU. And Mike and I are walking (laughs) so goddamn fast, like so fast. And what he hit, Mr. (laughs) He ran into Mr. Big, not just like, oh, excuse me, like, <laughs> they both got the wind knocked out of them. Like we rounded a corner at the same time and collided <laughs> full body, so hardcore into Chris Noth. But that's yeah. a crazy thing about New York, you know. It's like my our bar was right next to Patricia Field, by the way, who was the costume designer. Her mm-hmm. store, which was next door, which I always felt like I was in love with her. She came in. I met her a couple times. She was a cool ass woman. I never met Carrie. I never met Carrie. I never met Sarah Jessica Parker or the other ladies, but I did meet Sarah Mr. Jessica Big. Parker once. You did? Yeah. I went and I was doing something horrible. It was like that first year of New York and you have terrible jobs. I was like cold calling, trying to sell subscriptions for like Broadway shows, but I got free tickets to a show and I saw, I went and saw a show that her husband, Matthew Broderick was starring in. And for some reason, I don't know, maybe that's what 22 year old Avern was doing, but I was able to like approach her as they were like walking into the, out of the theater or something and I was like oh my god oh my I really, god I loved I loved the show um he was so great at it and she was like that's so kind tell him and like like ushered to her husband and was like tell him that you liked him in the show and I was like you oh, were yeah. so good in the show anyway she was so kind I don't ever remember feeling like the kind of person that would just walk up to someone they loved from TV and be like ah, hello but I did and she was very sweet I'm so proud of you yeah. wait did we ever see her because Mike and I used to go sunbathe on Christopher Street in the pier. I feel like she oh, lives I? around there. It's a miracle yeah, she... we did not actually meet earlier in I our know. time in New York City. That's funny. <laughs> I don't think that I ever met Sarah Jessica, but I did. I have two kind of funny Cynthia Nixon stories. Oh, fun. One in which I was sitting eating sushi. at. I don't think it exists anymore. It was a, like a, sort of like on 45th and 8th. And it was probably 30 minutes into the meal. I was with a bunch of friends. And I sort of glanced to my left and realized that I'm sitting right next to Cynthia Nixon. And this is like New York City sitting next to someone. It's close. Yeah. Very close. So like we were practically touching. And I actually then had to go back. Because it wouldn't have been weird for me to have been like, and sex in the city. Like it wouldn't have been strange for me to bring up something from the show. I had to like pause in my tracks and think like, have I said anything inappropriate? Have I said anything that I would not want Santa Nixon to hear me say? And I think it was all, I think it was all fine. That's the amazing. other one, I only have awkward <laughs> stories with her. So the other story was I was working, I was waiting tables and I got a few tables all at once. And one of the tables was two people sitting at a booth that's normally for four people. So right there, I'm like, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. Whatever. That happens all the time. And then I approach and I'm like, I say to the one person anything. And and one person is like, oh, I'm not eating. I'm just visiting. And I'm like, great. A one top at my booth. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And then the next person I'm talking to and and she's kind of asking me some questions. I'm friendly, but I'm maybe a little short because I need to get going. And you're one person at my booth. So I like left to put in like a drink order or whatever. And the we used to get these little slips 
that are like a VIP or, or whatever. And I got a VOP slip saying like actress from Sex in the City. And I was like, no, it's not. I think I said it to the hostess. I'm like, I would know if there was an actress from Sex in the City sitting at my booth. And I looked over and it was Cynthia Nixon. So you were short with Cynthia? I was short with Cynthia How Nixon. How dare you? Um, she loved me. Like she was soup. Like it, it all, it all was fine. We ended on very good terms, oh so God. it was fine. But I, yeah, I uh, need to be careful around Cynthia Nixon, I guess. And uh, what Sotomayor? <laughs> Sorry, this is another. But he he was he didn't know the entire time he was serving the Supreme uh, Court justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The entire, the entire time. To my credit, was she was sitting at a table with her back to me. And it was an outdoor kind of like, I, there was no way to see her face. Fair. But yeah, it was uh, still a little embarrassing. I love like, it. Oh, he had just been hit by a bike. I'm just kidding. That, that's, that's, that's a COVID. You know what? If you want to listen to Mike and Vanya, yeah, go he talks about podcast. getting hit by a bike. Clearly some um, awesome but... stories. Also Cynthia Nixon, I'm pretty sure lived around the corner from the bar we worked at, Vanya, because I saw her go in and oh, out really? of uh, an apartment door. Like, um, oh. So not... I don't want to like dox anyone. So not house, but the other, oh. the other block. Um, I'm pretty sure she lived... I mean, she might not anymore, but I'm pretty sure she lived... Like between, what is it, Elizabeth? There were nice apartments yeah, around and there. Whatever the next block was, yeah, it was. I saw her more than once go into the same building. So really, oh my gosh, I feel like I might have. Um, is real life, guys. <laughs> Look at all the times we I ran know. into them. Uh, we saw her in a play too, didn't we? Was she in Cynthia Nixon? Yeah. So I've I've had the honor to see her in both of her Tony Award winning roles. I saw her in Rabbit Hole. And I saw her in uh, Sly Foxes. Is that what it's called? Nope. Um, oh, is that what fo- it's called? Fox. Um, it's little the one Foxes. Where... Little. Oh, Little Foxes. Is little the one Foxes. Where it's Lillian the, Hellman. The teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Well, we are talking about Cynthia Nixon. The ep- same episode. It's the one where her mom dies, and I just. Aww. This is why I love Sex and the City. You could have a. You could see like you know uh, what's the one Samantha like mm-hmm. boinking a dude and not being able to come. And like spending the whole day masturbating. And then you get this really beautiful moment where she's a, she's a scared, she's afraid, and she's, a, she's alone at her mom's funeral. It was like unexpected. You should see it. I hope I'm not spoiling. But And all the girls are at the funeral. And she's alone walking behind her mother's casket. And Carrie joins her in the immediately. And I'm just like, I think about our friends. And I know we would be yes. each oh other's God, everything. We are each other's yeah. everything when we can be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love you, Tappers. I'm just going to send that out there. I have to say, like, I might say that I, I rewatched it through the lens of, like, the, the haters. And I still love it. So. Yeah. It is definitely one of those shows that is, uh, it's got. Oh, yeah. So many beautiful observations about friendship, about female friendship in specific. You know, like, the portrayal of it. You know, so often women and portrayed on, like, TV and movies are usually sure. pitted against each other. And so for that, the four of them to always be, right. even when they would fight or have issues, like they were, they were always together. And I feel like, um, I know, Mike, you probably have the, the answer. Besides the Golden Girls, I mean, people weren't having like casual sex as much, you know? And I think, or, you know, they weren't showing that on TV. So I do, even though maybe it was tongue in cheek at times, depending on the character, but I like that they showed the different sides of that because being a, a woman coming in my 20s, like I, it was healthy, I think, to see yeah. 
see different aspects of that and to not be afraid of it and to be and i'm sure that's why you know the conservatives were like oh my god how dare they (laughs) did you find out what you saw her in it was the little foxes it was you were thinking of the children's hour ah you're right The little foxes is what she won her second tony award so i didn't see any of those with her I, yeah, I, I think that's all that I've seen her do on stage. She's she is phenomenal though. She's phenomenal. Oh, I also saw her in the women. She was in the women at oh. Roundabout, like, which I think you can see. It was one of those like PBS or so. I, I think it's out there in the universe. I probably have it on a VHS. God damn, I love theater. I love I it so too. much. I miss it. I also don't I, just for some quick context. I'm not going to pretend like it was the first big cable TV show. Other things had happened already, like Oz was already a show on HBO. Uh-huh. I was like the Larry Sanders show, I think had come and gone already. There was a show called Go On that was also a comedy on HBO. But Sex in the City was sort of the beginning of it being like prestigious in a lot of ways. Like Sopranos sure. wouldn't come on the air until the next January. This was kind of HBO's foray into... Once again, there'd already been scripted television, but this was this was a game changer. Mm-hmm. And you're right, mm-hmm. there weren't shows that were showing casual sex on a TV show. Yeah. And it did sort of allow people to explore subjects and, and things that hadn't really been explored before. And they didn't always do it great. They right. didn't always do it as well as it would later be done. But I do think they laid a lot of groundwork for other right. shows that came and along. And they encouraged conversation. Like they made it something people started talking about because they were showing, they were putting it out there. And you were like, oh, we should talk about this. Yeah. And one of the things that I love about and Just Like That is that so much of it is, it feels like them commenting on themselves. Yeah. I like that. I mean, one of when Mike and I were in Virginia last summer or two summers ago, two yeah, summers ago, two yeah. summers ago, it was so hot outside. Like it, my oh my god, Avrin, we were like sweating. It you couldn't, I couldn't breathe without feeling like I was drowning. So we were in this our little Airbnb. We went to a wedding, our friend Cassandra's wedding, and we holed up in this little Airbnb with the AC blasting and watched episode after episode after episode. And one of my favorite episodes, which I'm sure it's definitely. Not exactly PC, but it's the one where Miranda moves down to the meatpacking district and she has the, the you know, confrontation with the, um, oh, the, the uh, sex workers. Yes. It was Samantha. It, oh, who did I say? Meatpacking. You said Miranda, I think. Oh, I meant Samantha. Yeah, I Samantha. Know you know. I know you know. But it's great. And then and that was the episode where Carrie wears like basically underwear to the party. And I'm like, I want to do that. <laughs> like, that's my kind of fashion. I'm like, I want to wear a scarf on my head. It's a really cute top. And, and underwear. Underwear. Yeah. Good for her. Okay. So any last thoughts of Sex and the City? How much I love it. It's comedy. It's romance. Maybe my favorite kind because it's also a little snarky, a little dirty, a little dark. Yeah. This is some of the problems that I've actually had with some of the rom-coms that I've rewatched. I'm like, I love them as kids, as when I was a kid. But then I watch them and I'm like, ugh, so clean and bleh. So I really, I am a fan. I'm a hard Die hard. Yeah. Fight me. I'm stoked about... So I just actually saw on Instagram, Sarah Jessica Parker posted a picture of her and yeah. John Corbett with a caption yeah. like, shh, don't tell anyone. And I feel like they were like holding hands. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. are they going to give us the ending we all deserved originally? Um, <laughs> because I think, you know, to be fair, there's both Big and Aiden. People are you know pro one or the other and while I understood that big was the big love or whatever I was also like but Aiden was a perfectly wonderful beautiful human and like lover to her and it's kind of sucked what she did to him um and I feel like they tried to address it maybe 
in the second movie that was so god awful. So I'm really excited for them to whatever's going to happen there to like give mm-hmm. hopefully give the fans of the show whatever it is that's going to happen with the two of them, like what we deserve as, as people that watched that and be like, give us a, either a happy ending or a happy friendship, whatever you guys choose. I mean, I would watch that softcore porn. Do it better than you did it in Sex in the City too. You know, they're cute. They're a cute couple. They're a cute couple. I was always team Aiden. Yeah. So was I, sure. Mike. So was I. For me. Yeah. The, the most angry that I ever got at Carrie actually was when she behaved badly at his cabin. Yeah. And now, granted, I don't want to live in a cabin for Neither any extended of time, but I can do it for like 48 hours. You're pretty good, be... though. Mike, I feel like you're quite resourceful. Like in, in a situation of like, I feel like you could find a way to make I'll things make fun. I'll make it work. I'll make it work if it's with John Corbett. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I've gotten Wi-Fi. Yeah. We are going to watch episodes now that okay. we've worked very hard. Um, okay, well, great. So I feel good. I feel good about this, and I yeah. hope everyone checks it out. Check out Mike's podcast. We couldn't help but wonder anywhere you get your podcast. So, Avrin, let this inspire you for the crime. All right. So, one, I'm Mike. I'm so excited to have you here, and I was so excited when Vanya told me that you were in town, and that she was like, "We're going to bring him on the pod, and we're going to talk Sex in the City." Because all I ever, I feel like I spent all of my early twenties talking about Sex in the City. So I love to talk about it, and then I was like, okay, crime. I, there was a couple of things I obviously thought about, like clearly the real life Mr. Big has had some issues in legal and in illegal activity or bad things going on. Hashtag me too. Hashtag me too. <laughs> there's not there's not really a conclusion to any of that. There wasn't much to tell other than he had been accused by two women of sexual assault. And so I was like, okay, there's not a, there's not enough to go on there other than I can just say that, that that's true. And that's why he's no longer, I mean, they killed him off. I don't know if that's why, but they killed him off the show. And I, part of me is like, is it because they were like, we can't have him on anymore. No, I think Mike um, knows. real fast. Uh, he was supposed to die in the movie. The, yeah. the third movie was going to start with his death oh. and then sort of chronicle her getting through it. So oh, no, okay. he was always going to die. He was supposed to be in the last episode of the series of that season as well. And they uh, clipped that little oh, piece Oh, got out. it. So they were so. going to maybe like include him in a flashback type thing. And they were like, correct. Nap, 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 yeah. nap. Okay. So what <laughs> I decided to do was like, what is sex in the city? Sex in the city is New York city. It is outrageous and it's fabulousness and it's like over the topness and, and it's realness. And so I was like, I'm just going to, look into like what are the most outrageous bizarre most new york city crimes that have happened in recent history fun and some of these are like not recent like some of them are a hundred years ago but most of them are like in the 2000s so these are some um just like crazy over-the-top new york city crimes that i found in a very fun article in thrillist that was written by jess novak so i just want to give her credit i didn't like steal her word for word but this is where i found the stories all right, so the first one is a nod to Carrie because it's a, a fashion crime. Okay, so in the 1920s, I don't know if you two knew this, but straw hats were the height of men's summer fashion with an extreme emphasis on summer. Okay, so straw hats were a seasonal item, and after September 15th, it was considered criminally tacky to wear a straw hat. So kind of like the no white after Labor Day thing that mm-hmm. some people's aunts are still weird about. So... Unwilling to just give the fashion offenders, so those who continued to wear their straw hats, the side eye, certain people decided they were going to snatch the straw hats from the men's heads and trample them in the streets because 
I don't know why I wrote this because the sartorial gods must be obeyed. (laughs) And I think Carrie would approve of that. So hat snatching gangs, literal gangs, you guys started popping up on the East Coast in the early 1920s. But things reached a fever pitch in 1922 when hordes of hat snatchers, sorry, it's just fun to say hat snatchers, <laughs> when hordes of hat snatchers terrorized the streets of New York City in a three-day-long, full-blown straw hat riot. So the hundreds of young men were roaming around the streets of New York, getting into fights and massacring each other's straw hats using sticks that were covered in nails. Oh. Holy shit. So they had <sighs> sticks covered in nails that they would then like rip the hat off someone's head and then just like, massacre it just eviscerate it now there were several injuries but nobody did in fact perish in the great straw hat riot of 1922 so that was my my sartorial crazy new york crime it's amazing i picked this one just because i always think of that episode where they try to eat raw food and then they have to go eat pizza (laughs) because i feel like that that would be me i'd be like yeah let's totally try out this great new vegan restaurant and then be like i'm hungry feed me food (laughs) although it would have to be gluten-free pizza but still (laughs) all right so in i think it was 2010 there was a super smart criminal named salvatore la rosa who robbed the owners of brothers of uh, brothers pizzeria on staten island he literally drew a gun and demanded that they hand that they handed over this heavy looking white bag that was sitting in the pizzeria and i can only hope for sal's sake that the bag was like embossed with like a huge green shiny dollar bill sign because otherwise why he was like give me that bag so the brothers were like okay and he fled only to discover that instead of stealing a giant bag filled with the day's like proceeds he'd in fact made off with a sack full of pizza dough so he robbed them at gunpoint for dough, but not the kind he'd been hoping for. Such bad dad oh puns God. in this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now this one, literally, it's I can't really connect it to the show. Um, was there ever a zoo episode? Am I forgetting a zoo episode? I know there's a Central Park episode, which there's a zoo in Central Park. That's my tie-in. Okay. There you go. So in 2003, a gentleman named Antoine Yates decided to bring a baby tiger named Ming home to his Harlem apartment. I also picked this one because we all lived in Harlem. Yeah. Mike, you still live in Harlem? I still do. Wait, what year was this? This is 2003. So this would have been the year before. Oh, I, I remember I, this. I remember this. Yeah, oh, I remember this. He knows the story. So he yeah. brings home a, a sweet baby cub named Ming, who eventually did grow into a full-size tiger that weighed 500 pounds and consumed several uh, buckets of raw chicken per day. So in an attempt to keep his tiger happy, Antoine decided that he needed a companion. So enter Al, the seven-foot alligator that Antoine thought would make the perfect playmate for his tiger, Ming. And according to Antoine, (laughs) Ming and Al, and this is in quotes, Ming and Al, quote, used to get nose-to-nose and sort of interact. So that great playmate's there. Anyway, Antoine was caught after he came between Ming and a house cat that he was trying to murder. And his atypical wounds led the hospital to phone the cops, who then discovered Ming and Al hanging in their Harlem apartment and charged Antoine with maybe the most adorable reckless endangerment charge ever in the history of New York City. All right, so this next one I just included because I actually remember this story, as I'm sure you guys might. But you guys remember when a couple of douche canoes decided to play weekend at Bernie's with their friend's corpse so that they could cash his social security check? No. It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, so this was in like the mid, I want to say like maybe around like between the 2007, 2010 era. There was 
a, fr- a, a man died. He lived in Hell's Kitchen. And instead of calling, I don't know, 911 or, or a morgue <laughs> or whoever you call when someone's dead, um, they were like, wait, first, he's got a social security check for $355 that's yet to be cashed. So they put his corpse in a red office chair with wheels on it and rolled him down the streets of Hell's Kitchen to one of those check cashing places. But it turns out, you know, that their uh, their buddy's dead body was not nearly as convincing as the not at all convincing dead body in Weekend at Bernie's, and they were caught <laughs> and were not able to uh, steal their dead friend's money. Oh <laughs> so my that's god! It's a, a very New York crime. This felt kind of <laughs> this one felt kind of rom commy to me. Okay, so we've all lost a cell phone, yeah? How many cell phones did you lose in New York? I personally lost at least three. I had like two stolen from my from my person. I mean, I I definitely lost one on the subway. Yeah. Yeah, I lost one on a subway for sure. And I think I had one stolen. And then I probably just like, yeah, lost another one on a crazy night out. But we both, most of us know like when you lose your phone, you're not getting it back. But not Nadav Nirenberg. So after accepting the loss of his phone and thinking he'd just have to get a new one, he noticed something cringy and creepy. The dude who'd taken, who'd stolen his cell phone was sending women super sketchy messages from Nadav's OkCupid account, which already, you, this dates this, right? OkCupid account. So it's definitely like 2007-ish. <laughs> um, now, Nadav, because he's a badass, decided, all right, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use you like humiliating me by sending these disgusting messages in my name, and I'm going to set a little honeypot trap. So he created a cute girl profile. He reeled the thief in, and once this guy was you know, fastly falling in deep lust and love. Uh, they made a date and it was Nadav who was standing at the guy's front door when he opened, you know, when he opened the front door for their date, it was Nadav standing there and he got his phone back from this guy. Are you kidding me? I know. I was like, this was risky. This could have ended really badly. But this is why yeah. it's not because he got his phone back and was able to actually update his OkCupid profile with the best excuse ever for why people had been getting skeevy messages from him. All right, I might skip the next one, except it's super short, and I just thought it was kind of hilarious. Apparently, a Clinton Avenue household came home to find that they had been robbed, but not by of any of their valuables. So their television, their jewelry, all of that was left untouched. Instead, the robbers made off with only like high-end snacks, like canned salmon, balsamic vinegars, macadamia nuts, and four jars of Grey Poupon, among other fancy food items suitable for this thief's palate. But they were never caught. And it should also be noted that police never fully ruled out that this was an advertising stunt. And I just thought that was kind of interesting because I'd never heard of like uh. someone committing a crime in the name of advertising. Although you guys, you've worked at advertising, Vanya, perhaps that is a thing. I mean, it, you'd have to have... Not to your knowledge. She's like, I plead the fifth. I have no knowledge of that. <laughs> no, I mean, people do things that are like unconventional advertising, but I don't, I, you can't really steal. Like the, the family would be in on it. Like right. they would it know. It would have been them that were like, someone stole my Grey Poupon. Also just, it's fun to say <laughs> Grey Poupon. I love Grey Poupon. I love it. <laughs> okay, I thought this one was kind of interesting. So in 2013, three gentlemen from Staten Island posed as cops so that they could get early copies of a video game in which you pretend to be a criminal, thus, become, thus becoming actual criminals in the process of obtaining this game, which is very meta. 
and I liked it. So all the kids <laughs> who were about, like 19 and 20, they basically were so excited about the new Grand Theft Auto 5 that they impersonated police officers in order to cut in front of the line at their local GameStop. And they were later pulled over for driving like they were LARPing Gra- Grand Theft Auto and were charged with criminal <laughs> impersonation. Oh, that's and then funny. this last one I'm sharing with you guys because this is truly to me, it's outrageous. I just don't know how to fully function in a world where this this is a crime, okay? So in 2015, and I don't know if you remember this, I don't remember hearing about this, but a 17-year-old Bushwick teenager was charged with making terrorist threats after endangering the life of a police officer with multiple firearms. Now, that at face value sounds very reasonable because the kid had two guns and was waving them at a cop. So like, lock him up, you know? Yeah. That the two guns in question were two cutesy tiny Japanese cartoon emojis of guns. And the cop whose life was in danger was that little blue hatted cop emoji guy. So apparently someone, we'll call her Karen, found it troublesome that a teen was posting the cop emoji next to the two gun emojis on his Facebook wall. And so they they reached out to law enforcement. And then this is, quote, why he was arrested, which, quote, caused the informant, a.k.a. Karen, and the NYPD to fear for their safety, for public safety, and to suffer alarm and annoyance. So I guess... Like, be careful what you do with emojis because in New York City, emoji violence is real violence. <laughs> and that kid was arrested for that. And I just am like, oh my God. Social media is broken. Let's start over. Oh my gosh. But yeah, those were just like a couple. And I'm sure I could have found a bajillion more, but those were a couple of like the most just what the what crimes committed in New York City. That's amazing. Have you had any crimes committed against? I mean, maybe this is too deep. Any crimes committed against you in New York? I had a guy. Um, dangle his penis in front of my face for several stops on a subway. Oh, that's right. I didn't actually realize that was what was going on for multiple stops. I was reading a US Weekly, a US Weekly, I'm sorry. I was reading reading US Magazine. Um, I was reading an US Weekly, so I wasn't looking up. And I'd been, this guy, I had been aware of like a person who was standing in front of me, like a strap hanger, you know, holding the bar in front of me. And I, several stops went by before I glanced up and realized that this man's penis was like, out of his pants hanging in front of, he wasn't touching it or anything but it was just out that's so right bizarre in front of where, you know my face would have been if i had not been looking and what did you do i just <laughs> i think i looked up and i was like ah and just went back and kept reading but didn't even let him freak oh my me out <laughs> i was like okay, it's very well, new york of you avrin yes i had been there for a couple months you. at that point i knew what to do <laughs> well i will share like so my husband has been punched twice on the subway but he because so he he's such an Aiden like he's the nicest person like he is I've never seen him get physical with somebody in I he and I have been together since 2000 which is kind of funny because as Mike left for uh, Atlanta then New York um, my husband I met my husband so it's it's kind of anyways one love to another is all I'm saying Uh, no but so I've never seen Adam like be aggressive like the, I mean, I know he, he has it in him. He was a hockey player, and and he's not right. A, but he doesn't pick fights on subways. No, he's no. a real sweet dude, and he's like you know he's just 
that's why I love him, you know? Um, but the one time I was with him, we were just sitting there and it was like 3 a.m. And we had taken the C train. We were going up to Harlem and it was going super slow. And I think we were at like 81st Street or something like that. And the guy, like Adam's reading like a newspaper. Remember those? Remember those? <laughs> right. And I'm sitting next to him on the other side and he's closest to the doors. And somebody walked in, a person who was not mentally well. And was kind of talking to themselves and it was standing right there, you know, standing like the door closed behind him and Adam sitting right to the right. And he said something like, what you doing getting in my face? And like, he kind of like, he must have been on drugs because he tried to hit Adam. Like it was kind of more oh, like a, like a, a open handed like punch, but it was, it was Adam. Like I've never seen him get so pissed and he started yelling and I'm like, oh my God. And so we got off at the next stop because it was getting a little bit intense. And we told the people at the, their booth and they didn't give a shit and waited for the next train. And I was pissed because I was so tired. <laughs> Mike, do you have any stories you want to share that feel comfortable for you? Sure. <laughs> Cause, cause sure. First of all, oh, yeah. I, I'm going to say that my new crime is the angle of this iPad just horrible. <laughs> so I'm so glad this is like a visual because it's really it's so distracting to me. Oh my uh, god! The other, I do want to give a quick because uh, that tiger lived like six blocks from my apartment. That's crazy! Like, That's literally, just I was down secretly the hoping that was gonna be true. <laughs> Can you imagine if it got loose? I, I remember when they had to like, like when it was taken from the apartment. They had to repel from the seventh floor right. and like shoot it with a tranquilizer dart through the window because it was on the fifth floor. Yeah, it was pretty. It was I pretty mean, nuts. and then not to mention there's an alligator in there, right? <laughs> Which I guess was in a huge tank or something. Like, yeah, it's all very bizarre. Um, the tiger's name was Ming, and it has passed. Just oh, for the record. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was mugged once. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was pretty upsetting. It wasn't super violent. He sort of like picked my pocket, and then when I turned around to confront him, he like kicked me in the yeah. chest, Ooh. and then ran off. But you were on the stairs. I was on the. He was. On I love the that. Stairs. Oh yeah. I was on the subway. I was on the subway platform, and it was back when there used to be a booth right up there and I the station that I use it is a police station in the station oh yeah so literally the police descended upon like seven cops descended upon me in like two minutes and they were kind of like yeah it happened really fast and they were like you know if you want you can get in the car and we'll drive around and see if you recognize them and I'm like it was like 20 bucks. It's fine. I'm, I did text my friends. I was like, just got mugged. I'm going to go home. Oh, <laughs> my God. But in the scheme of things, it was, mm. it was all fine. Well, you know, I've told the story and you guys have all heard it. But when I got, I got jumped and they didn't want my money. Yeah. If they wanted my sweet, sweet, delightful poon. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know what they wanted. I think they wanted Reiki. <laughs> Um, and I was like in the middle of the day and I was running where we used to live and I ran all, I mean like I'd done that a million, but I would always, I would always go on the main street, like 145. Yeah. But instead of doing that, I was like, I don't want to. So I went, I was like, oh, it's going to be so pretty on Convent Avenue because it's all this beautiful blah, blah, blah. They are, they are beautiful brownstones, but that was a sketchy yeah. block. It was, yeah. I it, remember that. You knew. Yeah. See, I didn't really knew. I, and, and it was during the, it was like 11 a.m. 11 a.m. And I was running and I just uh got there was two kids honestly i think they were high, like like maybe 16ish year old um people and anyways they grabbed me and i remember 
y'all have heard this story a million times, but I'm telling my, my friends here in, in the podcast uh, universe. But like, I remember thinking, I remember Oprah being like, never let them take you to the next location. You know, that's, you're dead if you do. Because mm-hmm. they were trying to drag me into like an, a basement apartment. And I don't know what happened, but I got like a, like a real crazy surge of adrenaline. And I kicked the guy who was holding me. Okay, so the reason that I like had this a surge of adrenaline was the there was a littler one who might have been younger. He was like, he goes, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think we should do it. And I was like, what the hell are they gonna do? So I wriggled out of the arms and I karate or I kicked him with my foot in his chest as hard as I could. And then I bolted like as fast as I could. I went on my run and they tried to catch me, but I was like, I had tennis shoes on and I, it's not, I I wasn't even running with like headphones or anything, but it was really scary. So that's like one of my biggest things that happened to me. I think that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That was scary. It's a crazy story because I feel like you totally said something about it oh, I, yeah. to me when it happened. But I think you were kind of... This is the most details I've ever gotten. Oh, yeah. Because I've never wanted to ask. Because yeah. I understand that it happened to you. That's but traumatic. it's yeah. such a fucking horrifying story yeah. to hear. Oh, the other thing I said after I kicked him and ran away. I go, you're going to have to kill me. And then I ran. I love you so much. I love I you swear so to God, much. I, I swear to God. And I had crazy bruises on my shoulders. And the, the messed up thing, this is where I feel like very, I feel shame about. And it's, this is like, I mean, many years ago. So, but like, I feel such shame because I didn't, one, report, report it. Because I, I think I went into shock and I didn't tell Adam until like three weeks later. But I told Mike, but I didn't, but I was like, but I downplayed it. It was that weird thing, almost that female thing where I was just like, Oh, no, it was just people playing around. Because I wouldn't have made you do anything, but I would have probably been like, what apartment was it? Like, yeah. where did this happen? Like, yeah. someone should look into who's living there. I know. And whatever, that's not to... No, it's true. No, nothing. No, I. It, but I really, like, it was so uh, traumatic. Like, I m- immediately went into this didn't happen mode fight or flight yeah and then get out of it and then i forgot it like i don't know i mean it was a crazy moment and i'm just like grateful for oprah yeah <laughs> aren't we all yeah <laughs> we're all grateful for oprah she knows what yeah, she's talking yeah. about that was crazy but guess what i'm very careful like i'm always like hypersensitive when i'm walking anywhere in even in la especially in la crime is up everywhere guys yeah. so be careful don't do crime there. Don't do crime. And I, you know, as someone who lives in New York still, it's been, as it has in any urban area, it has Mm. been dicey. It has felt a little scarier. It has felt uh, a little, like, you do have to be more aware of your surroundings. I did look up the statistics. Crime is up last year from the year before. It is down this year. Murders are down. Murders are down. I know Most that. violent crimes are down. And all crime is down compared to 10 years ago and compared to 20 years ago. Yeah, COVID really COVID, shot it yeah. up. Yeah, and, and you know, I, there is a corner, uh, 125th in Lenox, I want to say, where my friend used to, near where my friend used to live, where it's sort of widely reported that when COVID first hit, they brought in certain people who had been in Rikers. They brought in people who were being ejected from mental hospitals and they dropped them off on that corner. And when I went to visit her 
a month after COVID started, I looked around and was like, what the fuck? Like really? it was insane how quickly things had, had gotten worse. And I, you know, I don't know who is to blame. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that some of it's gotten better, but yeah, it was yeah. like any, the thing about New York is that it's only, it's basically all just a downtown area. Yeah. Right. So I feel like right. LA, the downtown area is, is still, it was never great. Yeah. But has gotten t- even tougher. I was in mm-hmm. Atlanta recently and stayed in the downtown area and it's definitely still a little sketchy. Yeah. Any of those, my family that goes to the Seattle downtown area talks about like, you cannot stay in the places you used to stay there. Yeah. There's a lot of work to do in terms of, giving people the proper mental health treatment that they need in order to avoid just dropping people off on the streets and creating yeah. potentially dangerous dangerous situations for everybody involved. Yeah. And that is definitely something that that should be focused on in in local and federal government. I still love living there. I still love working there and walking around. So mm-hmm. I do want to give a shout out to New York. That's there, right. There Sex in the city, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sex and love in the city. <laughs> That's we right. New York and always will. Come visit. See a show. That's true. We will. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much, Mike. I love you. And I really, yes. really appreciate you joining us Yay. as our speci- first I, special for guest. For the record, I'm on your show every week talking. Like I'm talking back. I'm commenting. <laughs> on you never respond to me, which is odd. <laughs> So it's nice to actually have this experience where it's a real conversation. It's funny. I do the same thing when I listen to you and Elise. I'll like yell. Yeah. Amazing. Sometimes I yell at Elise and I don't really know her that well. But yeah. 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 I feel you. I love you. I love you so much. Thank, Thank you. I love you all too. And I love you, Avrin. I love you, Avrin. I wish you were so here, much. but this is the next best thing. Thanks for joining us, guys. We will be back. We'll see you next, next Tuesday. And we love you and happy 2023. Woo! Thank you for listening to Rom Crime with Avrin and Vanya. Episodes arrive every other Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all things Rami and crime. You can also follow us on Instagram at Rom Crime or email us movie and true crime suggestions at romcrimepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.